live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Just win, baby! It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here's your boy Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show here, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Very pleased to have our next guest, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Does a great job. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. It's always great to catch up with you. And let's start with the defense. When you talk about breaking down film, my personal opinion, Jonathan Abram probably played his best game as a professional on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we all know that he's playing in a different position. It looks like it fits what he does a little bit better, actually. Actually, a lot better. Uh, what have you seen through two games from Jonathan Abram? Yeah, I think Abram's just playing a lot more under control. You don't see him overrunning guys and missing tackles and missing deep assignments and letting those big plays go. And part of the reason is he's playing strong safety. He's playing more in the box. And you saw how physical he was on some of those block destruction type of plays. And, you know, even on third down, the Raiders have a really effective big dime package they're using where they put three safeties and a nickel in the field. And when they do that, they, they put um, uh, Levitt and Morig deep, and they have Abram kind of playing underneath. So, it, you know, all these things really just fit his skill set a little bit better. And, you know, if he does gamble, it doesn't uh, – and, and, and if he does gamble and miss, it doesn't become a big play because he's playing more underneath rather than uh, playing those deep zones. You know, Ted, I know that they still have work to do, and it's a, it's a long way away. It's a marathon. It's only two games so far. But has it been a little bit of a surprise how quickly this defense seems like it kind of understands what it's supposed to do under Gus Bradley? Yeah, and I think part of that is just because Gus Bradley, he, he, he runs a pretty relatively simple system where it's predicated on uh, playing fast, knowing your assignments, and also you know, bringing coaches with them bring coaches uh, with them to the Raiders who have been in the system, uh, I think there's just more cohesiveness, and you see that uh, translate on a field where you know everybody knows what they're doing. They're playing connected football, and it, it's just been a long time since we've seen a competent Raiders defense out there. They're not giving up easy opportunities to the offense because of mental mistakes. Yeah, no, that's what it, it seems like. And I mean, again, it's a small sample size. It's two games, but so far it looks pretty good. We're talking with Ted Nguyen right now from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And in that secondary, Ron Miles is a guy who's very well respected when you're talking about other coaches. He's really coached these guys up. Casey Hayward comes over, and I know he understands Gus Bradley's scheme, was in it for many years, but he was coming off a rough year last year. This year, I mean, he's been targeted five or six times, hasn't given up a, a, a completion yet. What have you seen from Casey Hayward that's kind of got him rejuvenated, or is it just a matter of being healthy? Yeah, I think it's a matter of being healthy. I, I think that he probably isn't as fast as he was when he was at his peak, but it's just his route recognition and ability to process information is so uh, fun to watch on film. He, he knows what the offense is going to do. He puts himself in position and makes plays. So he doesn't need to be as fast as he used to be. And I think on the other side, Trayvon Mullen is just a really nice fit in this offense as well because you know he, he also plays with intelligence and uh, he, he knows how to play those deep zones. So uh, those two guys are playing well for the Raiders right now. They're not giving up um, anything deep to the sidelines. 
You know, and uh, uh, oh, jeez, uh, Damon Arnett, excuse me, he came into the game real quickly because uh, Trayvon Mullen looked like he was cramping up. Him and Hayward both kind of cramped up a little bit in the game on uh, Sunday against the Steelers. Uh, what did you see from Arnett? He, it's like he made one really good play, and then the next play wasn't a good play, and he gave up a, a big deep ball to Chase Claypool. Is it as, as simple as just consistency when it comes to Arnett? Yeah, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what the coverage was uh, when Arnett gave up that deep ball to um, to Claypool, but he might have been in zone in, in that one. And on that pass breakup, he was playing man, which kind of fits his skill set. And, and for for Arnett, you know, we talked about it in the past. He's just uh, not a natural fit in this defense. Uh, he, you know, he's more of a press man corner, and he made a play, play uh, made a pass breakup playing press man. And um, you know, it's going to take a little getting used to. Uh, playing this much his own, having to process information and pro- process route combinations and things like that. Uh, so you know he'll, he'll definitely get his chance. You know I, I think you know he, you know th- there'll be times where Hayward and Mullen have to take snaps off, or you know they might get hurt, uh, and Arnett will have to go in there and, and fill in, and, and he'll have his chance. And hopefully, when he does, he'll be a little bit more ready than he was in in the off season. How much can the presence of Casey Hayward, I know we talked about him before being a, a veteran leader out there as well, and John Gruden mentioned he's not there to give up any jobs, but uh, how much do you think he can kind of help Damon Arnett, kind of coach him up a little bit as well on just what Gus Bradley's looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. He, he's been in the system, and you see his intelligence playing out on a field. Uh, but again, you know, he's not here as a mentor. He, he's out there right. making plays, and he had a really good game against the Steelers, but uh, for Arnett, it, it, it's going to be up to him. You know, if he watches Hayward and he's watching intently, you know, taking mental notes, whatever notes he he's taking and he's applying that to his game. It's going to be good for him. But if he, if he sits on the sideline and pouts because he's not playing, then it's not going to do uh, much good for him. So it's up to Arnett and the mindset he takes into uh, accepting uh, Hayward as a leader and a mentor. Doing a little bit of a film breakdown right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, live from Raiders HQ. And uh, Unique Ngakwe, I know he's banged up. He's not going 100% right now. He's got that hamstring injury. But uh, how much have you seen from him through two games that has shown that, hey, his presence is being felt, uh, like I said, even at not being 100% right now? Yeah, I mean, that added size really helped him with the with some of his power moves and, and strength. You know, I think he was mostly a speed rusher with a cross chop um, before, but he, he's added a little bit more to his repertoire. But I mean, the, the guy that's really impressive is, is Max Crosby, and mm-hmm. he, he looks like he's one of the top edge rushers in the league. He just he has so much more that he's added to his, his repertoire and his moves, and it looks like he has a pass rush plan now. He knows what he's doing. He's setting up guys and. Uh, I think he has a league high 16 pressures right now. So, uh, but, but right now, the you know when the, the Raiders have both those guys on the field, uh, they're hard to block, and, and opposing quarterbacks are definitely feeling the heat on third down. You know, sticking with Mad Max, I think that uh, Baldinger, Brian, Brian Baldinger had a, a, a tweet that he put out about a, a ghost rush or something where he kind of faked his hands. And I think that was against Baltimore, against uh, Villanueva, just kind of faked his hands like he was going to go with a power rush. And then all of a sudden he just pulled him back. And it's almost like pulling out the, the chair from underneath the defender in basketball. Uh, you mentioned the repertoire from uh, Max Crosby, how he's uh, expanded it. Uh, ex- talk about that a little bit more. Just what have you seen as far as different moves that he's been using to try to get to the pass rusher? Yeah, so it's not just knowing the moves, it's being able to execute them and being able to sequence them 
uh, on top of each other. So the the move you were talking about um, was set up by a power move, and Crosby has a nice long arm where he'll stick his 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 hand into the blocker's inside chest plate, and he's able to convert speed to power and have a nice bull rush when he does that. And so when you know you're setting up that move and the blocker's seeing it, he's going to try to anchor down when he sees that long arm. So he faked it, faked the long arm, made the tackle, kind of anchored down, and then he blew by him on that ghost move. So that's an example of having a pass rush plan and setting things up. And, you know, it looks like Crosby is really maturing in that aspect, and he's putting it all together on the field. He really is, man. He looks like he's going to be so dangerous, and he, he's a, a lot of fun to watch, and I think that everyone at Raider Nation is definitely uh, rooting for him. Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, and let's switch on over to the offensive side of the ball, and I, go, I know my man Damon, who's in studio right now, has a couple of questions he'd like to ask you. Go ahead, Damon. All right, Ted, that secret route that we saw in training camp where they had that, where they were going up against the, the Rams, you know, the Raiders, they even deleted it from the Twitter account, but Hunter Renfro broke it out during the um, Ravens game, that first game of the season, but you uncovered that it wasn't just a triple route, it was a quadruple move. Could you break down that move and why it's so special? Yeah, so, so one of Renfro's uh, most productive routes, or, or at least a route he runs a lot, is when he runs to the flat and then, you know, outside towards the sideline and then pivots back inside. So that's a short double move. Uh, but lately, defenses have been kind of keying on that where they'll anticipate him coming back in and they'll, they'll cover it or they'll, they'll have somebody come over the top and break on him when he breaks inside. So, you know, when the Raiders posted that, um, that triple move on – on their social media, it, it was a it was a kind of a a counter off of that double move. So he faked going outside, pivot back inside, and then wheel back up the field. And he just completely broke our net. And obviously, you know, somebody in the Raiders coaching staff probably saw that and said, "You got to delete that because we're going to run that against the Ravens." <laughs> and I, I know for a fact the Ravens did get that route. They saw it, so they they were prepared for it, but. When they saw it on the field, they couldn't defend it because obviously they got that pass interference and it brought them to the one-yard line. And then later on in that game, uh, when Carr threw that interception overtime, the uh, ball should have caught. But um, on that play, he unveiled the, the counter to the counter with a quadruple move where he faked outside, faked pivoting back inside, faked the wheel route, and then ran a slant. So, you know, it, obviously that's a lot, and it takes some time to be able to run those routes. Uh, but credit to Renfro, who's able to kind of string all those moves together and still get his break in at a decent time for uh, for Carter to throw to him. Ted, what what makes Hunter Renfro so special? I mean, this dude he he doesn't look like you know he's the 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 most athletic dude, the you know the strongest dude, the biggest dude, but all he does is get open and he makes himself available for the quarterback at all times. Yeah, you know, I think he has a really good sense of where open space is. Uh, I think his change of direction is, is top-notch, and I, I think his burst is a little bit better than people give him credit for. I, I think when people look at him, they think he's unathletic, but his first two steps are really quick. Like He gets up to full speed uh, in a hurry, very similarly to Julian Edelman. And um, I, one thing that really stands out is his ability to run after the catch. When he catches the ball, He's able to stick his foot in the ground and get vertical really quickly, and he he maximizes those catches uh, for, for Derek Carr. So, uh, really special player, and you know I, I'd be curious to see if he'll add weight and kind of um, get you know get buff like Julian Edelman did later in his career, mm-hmm. which really helped him um, prolong his career. So, 
Uh, I think Renfro is a guy that the Raiders have to keep in this offense. Um, you know, I, I think his rookie deal is probably coming up to an end soon. Uh, but I, I think the Raiders have to extend him just because of his importance in this offense and his connection with Carr. Yeah, this is year three of a four-year deal. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be coming up pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. And, Ted, before we let you go, and this has been great, I definitely appreciate your time each and every time you join us here on the show. Henry Ruggs has the big 61-yard touchdown catch. Uh, it was it was impressive. There was actually you know two Steelers, including Minka Fitzpatrick, right there uh, that could have potentially made the play, but they didn't. Henry Ruggs comes up with it. One, this is kind of a two-parter. What did Derek Carr have to do to to kind of freeze Fitzpatrick long enough to allow Henry Ruggs to get behind him? And then, just how impressed were you with the route that Ruggs ran? Yeah, I, well, so on that play, the Raiders were looking for a specific look. They and they got that look. They um, the the Steelers were blitzing, so they're pressuring, which means they had less guys in coverage. But they had a bracket on Darren Waller on the backside with Fitzpatrick. And um, that was to the left, and they had uh, Ruggs lined up in a bunch to the right running that deep post. And uh, Carr had to freeze Fitzpatrick with a little pump fake before he went to Ruggs. But, I mean, it just shows you how fast Fitzpatrick is because he did freeze and stop his feet. But he also almost made a play on that, um, that Ruggs ball because he's just so fast. Uh, but yeah, he car pump fake towards there, and he just got ready to heave that bar a ball as far as he can. And it was a hell of a throw. He trusted uh, Rugs get behind the defense because he let go of the ball before he even got past the corner. Uh, so it was just a really you know it, it wasn't I wouldn't say you know it's a simpler route to run because of the post, uh, but it just shows the sheer speed of Rugs who's able to just you know run run by the defense when um, when his numbers called. I loved after the game, he said, the only thing I was thinking in my head was go get it and don't drop it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> go get it and don't drop it. That's great stuff right there. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. Uh, what you got coming out on The Athletic that uh, football fans, Raider fans alike should be on the lookout for? Uh, well, I just finished my film breakdown of uh, Derek Carr's game against the Steelers. Uh, nice. Again, a very impressive game against a fierce pass rush, and you know I think Raider fans will enjoy it, and it should be out on The Athletic tomorrow morning. Nice. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that, Ted. Great stuff as always, my man. Love when you break down the film, and love when you join us here on Unnecessary Roughness. Thanks so much, my man. All right. Have a good one. All right, there he goes, Ted Nguyen, breaking it down right there. Great stuff. Uh, and good question about that uh, that that one route, uh, Damon. I know that that was something that was on your mind, so good question there. Uh, appreciate your contributions as well. But, yeah, there you have it. little film breakdown from Ted Nguyen is one of the best at breaking it down. And, and uh, yeah, check out that piece that he has on Derek Carr on The Athletic coming out tomorrow. I think that that's going to be really good. I did see one text, and we'll get to a couple texts. No, we won't. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> Damon, I did. Look, Damon, I know you got a smile on your face. I did, I did what you were thinking. You, without even seeing you, that's when you know you're on the same page is when I could do what you're thinking, right? Oh, man, I love it so much. Yeah, man, I just started <laughs> cracking up. I'm like, yo, he got it. Thank you. Yeah, and you, I, like, I can't even see you. You're in the home studio. I'm at the Air Mountain Healthcare Performance Center, and I knew. I was like, you know what? Damon's going to want me to take a break right now, so let's go ahead and do it. We're at the Air Mountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Got my interview, my one-on-one with Chaparral head football coach Don Willis. That's coming up next to talk all things being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week and the Chaparral's big win that they had uh, over, uh, over the weekend, over on Friday. Friday. Uh, we'll talk all things about that next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It is one of my favorite times of the week, and that's when I get to talk to the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week. We've been doing it every single week since the high school football season began, and this is week five. And so uh, pleased to have right now on the phone lines Coach Don Willis from Chaparral High. And congratulations, Coach, on, on being the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week. And more importantly, congratulations on your team picking up uh, the big cleat game victory over El Dorado High 35-20. to well, thanks. And we appreciate it. We really appreciate the Raiders organization, all they're doing for youth, lo- uh, youth local sports. And, uh, yeah, every time we win the cleat, it's a big deal at Chaparral. And uh, we hope to keep winning in the future. What does that mean when you win the cleat game uh, against El Dorado? Well, it's just, you know, it's a big rivalry. And, and these two schools have been playing for that trophy since uh, the early 70s. And, uh, you know, everybody, it's one game everybody circles on their calendar. And it's kind of one of those games, you know, when you look back on and, you know, everybody wants to know what you did when you were a senior. And, you know, did, did you win it when you were a senior or not? And uh, so our kids take a lot of pride in that. You know, I, I love high school football because of that that P word you just said, pride. You know, the communities have a lot of pride. The players have a lot of pride. The coaches have a lot of pride. How much pride does the community show and, and come out and, and support the team, especially in that game right there in particular? Yeah, it's one of our biggest crowds of the year. You know, El Dorado brings a lot of people, or when we're at their place, we'll bring a lot of people over there. But it's definitely one of the biggest crowds of the year. You know, you get a lot of alumni coming back and wanting to tell stories about about the game when they played in it. So, uh, yeah, it's a big community effort. Talking right now with Coach Don Willis of Chaparral High, uh, winner of this week's Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week Award. And, again, more importantly, winner of the game, the cleat game against El Dorado High, 35-22. And, Coach, what have you learned about your team so far this season as you're sitting at 2-2 two and two overall preparing for league play this week? Yeah, well, actually, we're one and two. We, we've only played three games, so uh, we lost a game. Uh, we had a bye week the first week, and we lost a, a game to the COVID restrictions. Uh, so we've only played three games so far, and uh, we're just kind of finding our way. You know, I think our potential is really high, and we, but we've got to cut out our mistakes. But we're, we're still early in the season for us, even though it's starting to get later. Like I said, it's week five. We've only played three games. Uh, but – you know, we cut out a lot of those mistakes against El Dorado, and if we can if we can do that again next week and just move forward every week, I think we'll be all right in the end. How much does that hurt your your preparation when you lose a game like that? And, I mean, I don't have to go back to last year losing the whole year due to COVID, but when you lose a game that you're expecting, like I said, a non-league game where you can help your team grow and prepare for league play, how much does that hurt? Well, it, it sets you back. You know, it, it's one, it's hard. Uh, to mo- We got to practice because it wasn't – we didn't have a kid with COVID, but – when you, it's hard to motivate kids to practice when there's not that game to look forward to on Friday. Right. You know, everybody wants to take take a day off here and there or whatever. But uh, it sets you back just in, you know, you in football, maybe more so than any other sport, you know, you get better game after game. You know, you, you play those games, you go back, you break down that film, you can show those kids where they made the mistakes. And, and to lose one of those uh, was tough. And, you know, and then we had that bye week at the beginning. So we were kind of already a game behind everybody to start with. Uh, so, yeah, I think it really hurt us, but I think we're just getting ready to start catching up. So now that you have that handful of games under your belt and, and like I said, preparing for league play when it really gets real, uh, how have you seen as far as the conditioning, confidence? I mean, especially not having a season last year. You know, how, how have you just seen the, the, the kids grow? And, and did they have a really strong offseason as well preparing for this season? Uh, the offseason was a little rough on us with all the COVID restrictions and whatnot, but uh, – yeah, I feel like we're just getting ready to hit our stride. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's the right time for us going into to, uh, 
you know, our conference schedule. So I feel like we're in a good spot. We just got to keep getting better and cutting down those mistakes. Going back to the cleat game, your team came up with a big interception late in the game, took it back to the house for a touchdown, and that pretty much sealed the deal. How big of, uh, of a play was that? And for your team to have that, that killer mentality, that, that finisher mentality, was that a good sign as you prepare for league? Yeah, you know, one of the things – uh, I talked to our kids about it. I felt like in our two previous games, we felt some adversity and we kind of shrunk down from it. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of our team. We kind of got up on El Dorado early and then they we had some turnovers and they made some plays and got back in the game. And I thought our kids really stood up and tried to turn the tie back. But, yeah, Michael Dix coming up with that interception and running it back was a big play. And, uh, you know, it, it was really a, an exciting moment. Uh, to kind of say, hey, all right, this is the, the nail in the coffin for us, and you could just see our sidelines explode. Talking right now with Chaparral High Head Football Coach Don Willis here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week Award. Uh, not only are you the recipient of the award, but your your team is also going to get a $1,000 uh, donation for the program, for the football program, which is a big deal. Uh, how, how cool is it, you kind of mentioned at the top, but how cool is it that you know the Raiders are so heavily involved in this Las Vegas community and especially on the youth level man it's super cool you know you i can't thank the raiders enough for you know what they've tried to do and handing out gloves and cleats and you know trying to help schools with helmets and this and that and you know it, it's just they go it's 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 for surely appreciated but you know you can't you can't thank them enough for how much they've done for local youth sports you know, and I, I tell people all the time that being a high school football coach is, is special. It's different. It's it's beyond the X's and O's. It's beyond the wins and losses. It's a lot of mentoring, teaching, uh, father figures, you know, to young adults that you're trying to put out into the community to be good citizens. Uh, how much does that mean to you just to be a high school football coach, knowing all those responsibilities come with it? Man, I love it. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do anything else in the world. And, uh, you know, it, some of the best best times being a coach is not necessarily on Friday nights, but when you get that kid that you coached, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago and they come back and, and, you know, they, they say thank you and they tell you about their successes in life. And, you know, you just, that just fills you up with pride because you know you had a hand in it. What is the message that you give to the, the, the players, your team, when, when you're preparing a season, when you're getting them out there and, you know, in practices in those hot days in the summer and you're trying to, trying to get this team prepared? What is the message that you send? What do, what do you want them to know at the end of the day uh, about life and about high school football? You know what I tell kids all the time? Life is hard, you know, and it, it's, it very rarely comes easy to you, right? You know, you have to work for everything you're going to get, and sometimes you work for things and you don't get what you wanted, right? But – the difference between the winners or the losers are those winners that work hard and did what they wanted. They work harder to try to get what they want. And the losers are the ones that give up, you know. And what I tell my kids all the time, all I want for them is to be able to take care of their family one day. Right. You know, and if you can take care of your family, in my book, you're a success in life. No doubt about it, Coach. And that's honestly, that's what it's all about. And, and I've been saying that. That's why I really love high school football and love what it means to communities and what it means to the young men and women that participate, you know, both on and off the field. I think that's a, a big deal. Well, uh, to wrap this up, uh, you got this big game. League play begins on Friday. You got the Skyhawks. They're undefeated on the season. But like I said, league play is what really matters. What challenges do you see in this game on Friday, uh, the Cowboys and the Skyhawks? Uh, you know, Silverado's got a they got a great run game and they're really physical up front. And we're gonna have to match that physicality and we're gonna have to match their intensity with you know what they do in their run game. And uh, you know, they're throwing the ball a little bit more, but I think the key to what they do revolves around that run game and uh we're gonna have to match that physicality. Feel like your team is pretty pumped up and excited to get this thing going? 
<laughs> oh yeah, we are excited, yes sir. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Again, it's 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 always you know three levels to the season. It's non-league, it's league, and then it's playoffs. You know if you qualify for playoffs, and so I'm sure you guys are headed in the right direction where you'll be able to do that. But uh, we definitely appreciate your time, Coach. Again, congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week, and you're in the running now to be the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Year. And so I think that that's a big deal. And like I said, I appreciate your time. Good luck on a Friday night, and we'll be talking soon. All right, thank you. I really appreciate it. There he goes, Chaparral High head football coach Don Willis, recipient of Week 5's Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week. Really enjoy having these conversations and getting to know these high school football coaches and just kind of picking their brain and getting their mentality and all their thoughts. And again, it's really just a pleasure. I'm so glad that the Raiders are involved, and I'm glad that the Raiders have me involved in doing this as well. Come on back. We're going to close out the show on this Tuesday. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from Raiders HQ. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. About 25 minutes left in today's show, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We want to talk about Fast and Furious. Cassie Soto, former Raider running back Chris McLemore, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, Chaparral head football coach Don Willis, still on the way, Raider president Dan Ventrelli, all on the show. We've, we found a way to pack that into two hours. Two hours long, two hours strong. Not to mention all the action that we were part of earlier this morning. I'm telling you, I, I, I get yeah, excited. Tell us more about that. No, I am. I'm glad you said that. I, I get excited by everything that we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I get excited to go to games. I get excited to go to practice. I get excited to do the show from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I mean, everything that I've been able to be a part of, and I attempt to do my best at, at painting the picture and bringing Raider Nation along for the ride. Uh, everyone's not uh, blessed to be sitting in this same opportunity in the same chair that I am. And so to, be know, to know that I'm, I'm you, I'm, I'm a member of Raider Nation. I'm, I'm that guy, that kid that was sitting in the, in the, in the bleachers in, 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 on Mount Davis there at the Coliseum watching the Raiders. I was that guy that would see the – I'd be out there at that Monday night football game – versus Kansas City when it was pouring raining and I'm sitting on the top of Mount Davis and the Raiders come away with a big victory and I'm sick as a dog the next day because I was out there just getting soaked. But it was all worth it because it was a lot of yelling, screaming, and watching the Raiders win the game. I remember, I mean, and look, I could, I could take up another two-hour show talking about all the memories I had at the Coliseum and cheering on the Raiders at different venues and just being a part of. But I remember one time uh, going to a, a Raider-Bronco game and the Broncos were undefeated, and the Raiders hadn't won a game. You know, it was one of those. I think it was the Joe Bugle years. Remember Joe Bugle? Yeah. DeMond's like, Joe who? <laughs> Joe Bugle years. But Napoleon Kaufman was the running back, and he went off that game. I think he ran for 200 yards. I mean, every time he touched the ball, it looked like it was a house call. And I remember I had a friend with me. I say friend in air quotes. I had a friend with me that wasn't a football fan at all, but her family was big fans of the Broncos. She wasn't. But her, her family was. She wasn't really a football fan at all. And I said, hey, look, this is all you got to do. Just go to one Raider game. And I guarantee you with the atmosphere, what you experience in the parking lot, 
the the energy you get from the crowd, you will become a member of Raider Nation. You will. I promise you it's infectious. Yeah, whatever. You guys all think, you know. That's all I was like, oh, man, every fan base thinks that their their fan base is the best. And I was like, oh, no, it's, I'm not tripping. Like, it is what it is. You know, there's there's a million before you. There's going to be a million after you that are going to be Raider fans. Like, I'm not worried. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just letting you know. If you go for the experience and you have an open mind, you'll you'll leave there rocking the silver and black. I promise you to this day, she's still a member of the silver and black. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you just based off that one game, just seeing that experience and seeing Napoleon Kaufman run wild over the Coliseum and through the Coliseum, dirt infield and all, and giving the Broncos their first L that season, that was a heck of a uh, that was a heck of an experience. And so it's it's stuff like that that makes me just kind of pinch myself at, at moments when I'm doing what I'm doing right now, knowing that you know I'm that dude telling people just to go to the game and experience it one time, and you'll be convinced. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's just that's it's it's crazy, man. It just. I, I can't believe it at times. I really can't. Sometimes I'm at a loss for words. And so I try to paint the picture and I try to bring everyone along uh, for the ride with everything that we're, we're doing. So when I'm at Allegiant Stadium this morning and they're unveiling this awesome helmet wall, 96 Nevada high school football teams represented the wall, the, the whole little display. And I've tweeted it out multiple times. You can see it. It's in the it's in the form of the state of Nevada. It's got all the helmets, and it's so funny when I was talking to Chris McLemore, and I and I know that uh, uh, different coaches are going to look and they're going to see their team helmet and say, "Wait a minute, why is my helmet not at the very top?" You know, and, and that's that's the competitiveness, and you know, every team's going, "Wait a minute, I want to be represented at the very top. I don't want to be, you know, the middle of the pack. We're the best team." But that's just the fun of it, you know. That's the funny of uh, of hey, it. But speaking just, of helmet placement, my high school. Perum Valley, it's right next to the Raiders helmet, like right to the left of the Raiders helmet. So I looked at that and I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. See, see, I mean, there it is. And see, I, I didn't go to high school here, obviously. So I can't say that my 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 school's uh, helmet is up there. But as and I'm glad you, you brought that up, Damon. So as someone who went to high school, you played high school football here in the state of Nevada. Uh, what does it mean to you to be able to look up and see that helmet, the one that you rocked represented on the wall? You know what's so funny? Because like you posted the picture, I, I immediately zoom in. I was because it's just like I wonder if my high school is going to be there. And I look. At first, I spot the Raider helmet. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And right to the left, I'm like, hey, I know that helmet. I wore that helmet. <laughs> that's cool. But see, that's that's the sense of pride. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's what someone's going to be able to do is walk into there and say, there's my there's my team right there represented. There's this team right there represented, you know, and it, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what that's the pride that I'm talking about. And that's why I think it's so important that the Raiders are so involved heavily in the community. And again, every every school does not have that or every state does not have that. Every stadium does not have that. That's not represented everywhere. I've been to some stadiums that I've seen that. And I think that that's great. But I guarantee you it's not at 32 stadiums across the league. So for the Raiders to do that. And, and realize that, you know, the greatness of the Raiders is in their future. And to have the high school football teams represented, that's why it's so important. And I'll tell you this, Raider Nation, I know that we have callers and we have listeners from all over. A lot of people listening on the Raiders mobile app, just click on radio. You can get us right there sometimes if that goes down a little bit. Tune in radio, Raider Nation Radio 920. You can always go to lvsportsnetwork.com as well. Click on the, you know, on, on, uh, on Raider Nation Radio 920 and listen. I get it that there's so many people from far and wide that listen, and we appreciate that. 
But I'll tell you, one thing that I'm going to emphasize in a major way, not just on Radio Nation Radio 920, but all the radio stations we have, sports stations we have inside the Lotus Building, ESPN Las Vegas, Fox Sports Las Vegas, AM 1230 The Game, and of course Radio Nation Radio 920, is to embrace the high school football, high school sports, the youth. I mean, we have to, we have to, and we have to embrace the community. If we don't embrace the community, we're, 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 we're nothing. We're nothing. You have to embrace the community and, and realize that there's some great things being done on Friday nights under the lights. There's some great things going on Monday through Friday with these uh, high school coaches. And I'm not just talking football. I mean, it, it, it goes to the pageantry as well. It goes to the band. It goes to, you know, the cheerleaders. It goes to everything that goes into these, uh, you know, these games that go on and, and everyone behind the scenes that also contributes to what happens? You know, people that are are, are taking money at the uh, you know at the gate to, to, as you get in. I mean, just everything, man. It's just there's so much that goes into it. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I really learned a lot of this, and I I really soaked so much of it in while I spent ten years in Texas, and I understood it, I got it. But I I I know this for a fact that mom and dad in Texas is no different than mom and dad in Las Vegas. Promise you. You know what else I've noticed in like going to these games every week. What? Is how involved all the students are. Like, because, you know, these yes. games, it's like the kids with their shirts off, with the chest painted. And it's just like, oh, man, even the actual students are super into this. Because, you know, sometimes you do have some high schools like, oh, man, there's not a lot of kids here tonight. But every game I've gone to, it's been kids galore of just like, oh, man, they're pumped up. Right, exactly. Maybe a little Ex- too pumped up. It's like, man, these kids are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's that's what I'm saying. That's the beauty of it. And so to be involved and to make sure that we're involved, it's, it's important, and it's something that we're going to stress and make sure that we do in a major way. Now, I do have the my interview I had earlier today with Raiders President Dan Ventrelli on the way. Before we get to that, though, I do want to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and talk to our guy Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind, my man? How's it going, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. It might well be just, just a, this is just a cup of coffee for you. I know you've been wanting two hours. Hey, wherever the board says, wherever the schedule goes. Hey, you know, I'm a, I love high school football. It's like out in the West. It's so much better than back here. You know, I, I subscribe to LA Times, uh, and I see there's a lot of um, good athletes coming from Nevada, too. Uh, the only thing I remember from Staten Island is, like, uh, i got to be close to a million people. Only one guy I remember, Mike Sianic, New Dorp High. You've heard of him, right? Yeah. I know it's before yep. you my no, I heard him. All right. He was pretty good. New Dorp High. Well, I, went to, I went to Susie Wagner. Anyway, uh, two guys I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, Solomon Thomas, I know it's just two sacks, but it's a feel good story for him. I'm happy for him. And uh, two tight ends, I'm hearing good talk about um, Forster Masu, is how you say his last name. I like it. That offense is going to be great this year. Thanks for taking my call, Q. Absolutely. Appreciate hearing from you, my man. That's Mitch in New Jersey right there. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, Solomon Thomas, uh, I, was, I was excited when I saw him get those two sacks. And, again, this is a guy that's on a one-year deal. He's uh, with the Raiders to prove it. He was excited about the way that they planned on using him. You know, he was a guy that, you know, when, when Gerald McCoy was brought in, a lot of people, even myself, said, hey, maybe, maybe Solomon Thomas isn't the guy that they're looking for. Maybe they're seeing him in practice and they're, they're not really satisfied with what they're seeing. But he's accepted his role which everyone's not going to be that guy. Accept their role and do what's asked to do, and then they'll, they'll get the rewards. Though You put the work in, and I'm a witness, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that can say that this is absolutely true. You put the work in. If there's a plan in place and you put that work in and you execute that plan the way you're supposed to, good things are going to happen to you. 
And Solomon Thomas is proof of that. Two sacks on on uh, on Monday or on Sunday, excuse me. Not saying that's going to happen every week. A lot of times, a guy like Max Crosby is going to get a sack. Unique Ngakwe is going to get a sack. The guys uh, flying in off the edge will get that sack. But there's other times when those guys flying off the edge are going to make that quarterback step up into the pocket, and Solomon Thomas is going to be there, or Jonathan Hankins is going to be there, or whoever else, you know, Darius Phylon is going to be there to hit him right in the mouth and get him, get him down to the ground. So hats off to Solomon Thomas for just sticking the course, doing what was asked of him, and he reaped the benefits with two sacks on Sunday. So you had Monday Night Football, Max Crosby with two sacks. You had Sunday Football, Solomon Thomas with two sacks. Also, Carl Nassib has contributed. I mean, they're getting sacks. They're getting to the quarterback. They're getting pressure. Even when Max isn't getting them all the way to the ground, he's leading the league in pressures right now. 16 of them through two games. Yeah, I think you'll take that all day, every single day of the week. And, of course, twice on Sunday. Wanted to get to a couple quick texts real quick and then get to my interview with uh, Raiders president Dan Ventrelli. It's only a couple minutes long. Um, Richie Rich in the Bay hit us up at 69187, keyword r That's a Sam and Ash text line. Teams in the NFL still think that the Raiders offense has to run the ball to be successful, so they're focused on stopping the run. But the second they decide to try and stop the passing game, the Raiders will start running the hell out of the ball. And that's from Richie Rich in the Bay. We appreciate that text. And, and you're right. The Raiders have been winning despite not really having a running game, not really using the run game until they decide that they're going to use it. But that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, and, you know, Rich, when – you don't have to be just one-dimensional. You could do multiple things. Derek Carr can sling the ball around the yard consistently if he has to. Of course, they'd like to be more balanced. And, and you've heard John Gruden say we've got to run the ball better. But if they have to, push come to shove, he'll sling that thing 50 times if he has to and has proven that he can get it done. So thank you for that. Also, one quick text. The deep ball that Arnett gave up wasn't bad coverage. It was just a really good play by the wide receiver. I'll have to disagree with that. And the reason why is because – as that play happened on the press box side, and I'm sitting in the press box, Damon Arnett was beat. Claypool beat him, and Claypool's a hell of a wide receiver, so that's nothing to get, you know, really good wide receivers are going to make plays, just like you saw Henry Ruggs make plays. And we all know that Minka Fitzpatrick is a damn good safety, but it was a, it was a better play by Carr and a better play by Henry Ruggs. On that play that Arnett gave up that deep ball, two things happened there. He was beat. He had already put his hand up on the shoulder pad of Chase Claypool. I thought he was going to get called for pass interference anyway because he was trying to use the shoulder pad to kind of get him back up to speed and catch him up to Claypool. And then we all know as Claypool catches the ball, Arnett's not touching him, and he goes to the ground, and he doesn't touch him. He just, you know, damn, you know, I gave up a big play and didn't realize that, hey, I still have to touch him. This is the NFL. It's not college. You've got to touch him. So there was actually two elements of that that were, I would say, not ideal, less than ideal. And, and so I, that's why I say that that was a bad coverage play, and ball, a bad play all in all by Damon Arnett. Now, got to hustle up real quick and get to my one-on-one with Raider, Raider president Dan Ventrelli. This was our earlier conversation we had at Allegiant Stadium. Here at Allegiant Stadium right now with Raiders president Dan Ventrelli. And, and Dan, it was really cool to see this unveiling of this wall, 96 uh, high school helmets you know, from the state of Nevada here. Uh, what did that mean for you to be involved in this and the Raiders to be involved in the community and high school sports? Well, we love this community and we're invested in it. We want to make sure that we support our student athletes, our teachers, our schools, and to be able to visually represent all of those schools here at the stadium. We felt like it was an important initiative that recognized the effort that those 
programs not put not only into their football program but into their student athletes development yeah and this is just i mean really cool you have chris mclemore a raider alum here who who's from the state of nevada state from las vegas played here at valley very excited about it i mean just to have alum here and they really embrace that as well what did that mean it was great to hear chris talk about how different the city feels with a pro football team and how when he grew up he had always hoped that that would happen someday and the impact that the team has made it's very humbling to understand how the youth in the community look at that and how much of a difference it's made and we try to be mindful of that and make sure that we're making a difference in their schools and for their teachers and in their communities you know and this wall to me when i was looking at it it just it was so perfect and then to say you know the 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 future of the raiders or the 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 greatness of the raiders is in their future and to have it with high school sports it just it all ties in together i mean that was genius how you guys came up with that no, well, we believe it. It's, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a marketing campaign right. or a catchphrase. It's something that we genuinely believe at our core, and it's something that we genuinely believe in this community. That we have to be part of making the future of this community great, and this is a step in being able to do that. And we hope to make many more. Absolutely, we're here right now with Raiders President Dan Ventrelli here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty at Allegiant Stadium, and you know the game is coming up on Sunday. You had a very successful first game, uh, opening up with fans in the stands Monday night against Baltimore. Ahead of a game. Raiders come out with a victory. But there was also a lot of smooth sailing as far as the clear app win, as long as people getting vaccinated. And you guys are going to do that again this week, right? We are. Like we said, the goal was to create certainty and an environment that everybody could depend on as a safe environment. Um, Health and safety is our number one priority, and so creating that environment was the driving force. Um, We obviously felt like we created a great game day environment where fans could have the enthusiasm of the game that they love in the environment they remember. People celebrated, cheered. You can eat, drink, gather with your friends and family, not have to wear a mask, and understand that it's a safe environment. So we were proud of that environment, and we expect it to be just as enthusiastic and just as fun on Sunday as it was on that Monday night. So you're offering alternate screenings in advance of this Sunday's game. Uh, What will be the days and times and kind of how will you navigate through that? Yeah, great. We, we were encouraged by how many people came to the alternate screening in advance of the game, so we're going to replicate that again. We're going to have alternate screening on site at the stadium Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 9 to 2. So Friday and Saturday in advance of the game from 9 to 2, um, fans who need to uh, have an alternate screening because they have an international vaccination card or they're only partially vaccinated or their uh, child 12 or 13 years old, they can come and receive a wristband to be able to get into the stadium without having to screen on game day, without having to wait in line, and without any delay. Is there anything that you learned from the first screening before the September 13th game that you say, okay, you know what, we can change this a little bit and make it even a little bit more smooth? Yeah, great question. We learned that getting the vaccination on site was very popular, and so we've expanded that program to offer the vaccination on Friday and Saturday as well as on game day on Sunday on site as well. And final question for you, uh, as far as offer on-site uh, vaccinations, that's going on. Is there anything that's off-site as well, or is it just all on-site that you're taking care of this? Well, what we saw is we saw people um, getting their vaccinations from a variety of places and then arriving at the stadium, having been vaccinated, looking at their cards, they were vaccinated in the last week. And so we know it's driving people to get vaccinated, not just on-site, but with their local health care providers or at pharmacies or other places that are offering the vaccination. And so we're proud to be the motivation for people to do that and creating a safe environment in the stadium and creating a safer community is something that is very important to us and that we're proud to be part of. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the game on Sunday. 
Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff. The Miami Dolphins come to town. 2-0 Raiders. So uh, good luck on, on Sunday, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, Q. We appreciate you being here. So there it is right there, Raiders president Dan Ventrelli. You want to talk about a, a locked and loaded show today, right? Some days I come into the show, every day I'm fired up and excited about it. But some days I just know, like, man, if you don't buckle up, you're going to get left behind. And that was what today was. Today was a buckle up. You better buckle up type day or else you're going to be in trouble. And so uh, Fast and Furious had a lot of great feedback, a lot of great calls, texts, interviews. Uh, everyone that joined the show today was part of the show. Uh, we definitely appreciate you and uh, just so excited and so appreciative of the Raiders and the organization for having us here and allowing us to be a part of this and, and you know, to do a radio show from Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is pretty incredible. So I know my guy Vinny Bonsignor, he's going to come up next in the huddle with Lincoln Kennedy. You know, like it doesn't get, it doesn't slow down. It doesn't slow down at all. The morning show was amazing this morning with, uh, you know, Clay Baker, of course, the, the morning tailgate, then JT the Brick right from where I'm sitting. He was able to hold it down for two hours. I got to hold it down for two hours. And now Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy are going to hold it down for the next couple hours and uh, start to get you excited and fired up and ready for this week three matchup with the Miami Dolphins, who I continue to say, Raider Nation, I know that they have a lot of adversity they're dealing with. I know they don't know their quarterback. They don't know if it's going to be Tua. They don't know if it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. I know that they're dealing with that. But, man, <laughs> a team coming off a 35 to nothing whooping is going to want to go out there and get that taste out of their mouth. They're going to want to go out there and, and show that that was a fluke and not really who they are. And Brian Flores is a really good coach, really good coach. So, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to make sure that those guys are fired up and locked and loaded. Now, I do believe the Raiders should win this game, should win this game, absolutely. But should have, would have, could have. the team that loses to the team coming off the 35-0 right. loss. Yeah, it's it's th- those kind of games. I, I don't like to say scare me because it's not going to do anything for me. I mean, I'm still going to sleep at night. I'm still going to wake up in the morning. I mean, that's you know, God willing, that's that's how that's going to shake out every day. It's not going to affect me personally, but those are always the games that concern me the most. Are teams that haven't won yet and they're starving for a victory, and the Raiders have been that team before and gone and got that victory. I go back to Derek Carr's rookie year when they beat the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. That was when uh, the Tay Train, Latavius Murray, went off. Had his couple touchdown performance. They were that team. They were that spoiler team. And they've been that team before. And other teams have been that team. They almost lost to the Jets last year. They had that last second touchdown catch by Henry Ruggs that stopped them from giving the Jets their first win. So, yeah, it's a dangerous game. And we'll obviously deep dive into Miami Dolphins. But I know Lincoln Kennedy, I know Vinny Bonsignor coming up next in the huddle. They're going to do a fantastic job of breaking it down and telling you what you need to know and, of course, want to hear from you, Raider Nation. So that's going to do it for me. I'm passing the sticks on. Be back in studio tomorrow. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.